Hello, hello. You're probably wondering, why are these two people up here? But um, by the grace of God, we're all, we're here today. And um, I led my first small group ever for the first time this last Monday. Thank God. And uh, it's really thanks to all of you guys who've all been praying for me through our small groups and at church and everything like that. Um, so Ed somehow heard about it and he wanted us to come up and share everything. And um, so Anne's gonna pray for us and um, just open your hearts. It's gonna be a little bit unconventional, but um, I hope that God speaks through us and you guys hear God. Can you guys hear me okay? All right. Um, you know you're engaged to an extrovert when you find yourself as an introvert in these situations. <laughs> so uh, like you said, it's gonna be a little unconventional, but uh, we're excited for the opportunity. Um, so if you can bow your heads in prayer. Um, hey God, thank you uh, for the opportunity for us to share about you and how you've impacted our lives, Lord. And I hope that, you know, we're up here for a reason that even if our words speak to one person, um, that, that's enough. Um, and we're gonna play a song here for about a minute. And uh, as we're listening to it, I want you to reflect on the theme of communion of leading with our hearts instead of our minds as we remember what God has done for us. As we go forward with our message um, and reflect on these words that come from Psalm 42, um, I pray that you are reflecting as we're reflecting on what God has done in your life um, and how we respond in times of struggle. Um, God, I pray that you're with us up here today and that uh, even through all the nerves, uh, you carry us through. We ask these things in your name, amen. So I'm just gonna read Psalm one through three on 42. Um, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul th thirsts for the God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where's your God? 
it's a little dramatic. It's, um, it's almost as if I wrote it, because if anyone knows me, I'm a little dramatic myself. Um, so just a little context. This song comes from the sons of Korah, the descendants of Korah. And we learn in the book of Numbers that Korah rebelled against God and Moses himself. And I think it's really beautiful just even in the beginning to like just know that it comes from the descendants of Korah that rebelled against God and who were sinners. Just like that, I think it's beautiful that they made it onto the Bible and they still called themselves descendants of Korah. And I think it's beautiful, like we're like the descendants of Korah, we're all sinners, right? And yet God still loves us through his infinite grace and it's amazing. And um, I didn't know this, but until I learned about this, that about 470 years after Korah, um, <clears throat> Samuel the prophet came about, Haman the singer, and even other psalmists. And all these rebels came from the descendants of Korah, and they let everyone know that they still of the grace of God. And this really just speaks to me because in my 20s, um, and in New York, and like growing up a New Yorker, like I truly lived the descendants of Korah life. And we'll talk about that more, but just some context. And then Anne's gonna talk about this. And then some uh, additional context. He talks about, um, you know, he's later on, he talks about being really physically distant from God. He's like, when can I appear before God again? Um, he, is, he mentions Mount Hermon, which I had a map, but I couldn't figure out how to put a picture on it, which is embarrassing being the person that creates the slides. Um, but according to Google Maps, Mount Hermon is about like a three-day walk maybe from Jerusalem, which is in the south. Um, and so he's physically really far from home. Um, they also had a physical place where they would go for prayer. And so... He felt disconnected from that too, not being in a place where he felt like this is where I go to like be in covenant with God. Um, and then to make matters worse, he's in really bad company. He's being taunted every day. He's saying he's eating his tears because he's being taunted every day. Um, and they're, they're just asking, where is your God? You know, you're in a time of need, where is your God? And it makes sense he's depressed, you know? Um, he has all these circumstances to why it almost feels like, oh, it makes sense, you know? And he feels like he's been forgotten in this new place. He's so far from home. And he expresses this in this deep human need for God. And we know that we have, our God is one way we have an intimate relationship with. And he expresses this through thirst, presence, tears, and the pouring out of our soul, being forgotten, mourning, and even a deadly wound. And I think the Psalms are just beautiful in general. Like I. I'm a big musical person. I'm not musically talented like you guys at all, but I do love worship music and music in general. And this really just speaks to me. And um, this really just reminds me of like how when we're in a certain place, we're thirsting for God and we need it. And that thirst is crazy. The, the fact that he uses thirst to express his need rather than hunger, I think is really important. You know, you can last for quite a while without food, but you're not gonna last very long without water. And so his choice to say that he's thirsting for God, he's thirsting for that intimate relationship, um, I think really expresses that that relationship is 
vitally important. Um, and then in verse four, um, the psalmist goes in to reminisce about times when things were good. Um, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festival throng. And, and for us, um, this is where our stories really start. Yeah, so the first time I really truly came to God was, um, if anyone knows, if anyone was at Cannon Beach last year, um, you kind of have an idea about that, but maybe next Cannon Beach, hopefully everyone comes, shout out Sue um, for organizing such a great trip. I can't wait to get back there, but at Cannon Beach, I talked about my testimony that when I truly knew that God was for me and carried me through things, but I truly experienced the love of God when I went to Hillsong for the first time, and I went to Hillsong, New York, and I fell in love with the worship music, and I never truly felt like like breaking down and crying until I felt God's love through worship music, and it was life-changing for me. Like, I felt like I was just carried through everything, and it really hit me hard, you know? And I still had my journey and everything, but it felt like God got me through everything. And even like the Hillsong conferences, it used to fall on my birthday, and just being the Leo that I am, I guess, I was just like, God's got, God, this is God making it for me. And every year the conferences fell for me. But then I moved to the West Coast. I moved to Portland, Oregon, I moved here with my best friend that I played lacrosse with back in the day. And then within months, he was done with Portland and he left Portland. So like the psalmist, I was here alone and with no one, no family, no friends, no support. And I really just wanted to try to make it on my own. And then I broke my ribs playing lacrosse at PSU. And then everything felt like it was falling apart at the time. Um, I was. I felt alone, I felt this deep, dark, like, like I felt like God had forgotten me, so. And then, you know, on my side of things, for those, again, that were at Cannon Beach, kind of heard like a snapshot of this. Um, I started going to church in college. Um, I joined the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, I loved the community the relationship, I went on a mission trip. I was so on fire for God. I was like an old person that finds technology for the first time and like I was hyped and I was ready for it. Um, I started dating someone that was within the Fellowship of Christian Athletes group. Um, it felt like where God wanted me to be. I felt that like, yes, you know, I found a person that loves God, we're gonna like get married, have a godly life together, yada, yada, yada. He told me God did not want me to marry you, which I think now all of us are like, that's a cop out. <laughs> but at the time, when you're a new believer, that feels like trash to hear, that you are so happy and God is saying, I'm gonna take that away from you. And it completely tainted my relationship with God. I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't want to be part of that group because I had to see that person all the time. I just felt like, as someone so new to God, I was like, I don't understand why this would happen. And I just 
walked away. I did whatever I could basically to get out of that town. It was a very small town, I felt suffocated. I left and I feel like I never really looked back to try to reform that relationship with God. And so in verse five, um, the psalmist had been, you know, dramatic. He had been reminiscing about his past. And then he's saying, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He's challenging himself instead of letting himself wallow in his challenges and his difficulty. He had a million reasons <laughs> to be upset, right? He's taunted, he's alone, he talks about deadly wounds and broken bones, he's physically far away, he has every reason to be distraught. But then in verse six he says, put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan the heights of Hermon from Mount Mizar. So he really has all the reasons to be downcast, but yet he's saying this means nothing compared to the hope and God oh, and everything that God has done for us and the favor of God. Despite everything, he still hopes in the favor of God. He still puts his reliance on God rather than backing away and forgetting about everything, forgetting about God. He still reaches out to him despite everything and he still remembers. So in this Psalm, he talks about soul six times in this Psalm and it's really, really impactful. And if the word, the, the, the word that we translate as soul comes from the Hebrew word nefesh, it's our life source, our vitality and our strength. And his soul is thirsting for that intimate relationship with God. And it's kind of like how I felt when here, I was like, I don't have that Hillsong conference or that big music production or anything like that, but I was thirsting for God despite being alone here, right? And it's, he, he, it's telling us that when we focus on the worldly things or experience personal struggles, our life force is getting sucked from us. And this continual worry wears out our life force to the point where we feel drained. We lack the energy, we lack the vigor, and we don't feel like we're thriving in our life. Our Lord asks us that we lay aside this yoke of bondage. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In every difficulty that we face, he's prepared to bring us relief. No matter what it feels like if you broke your ribs, if you got broken up with, if it feels like the end of the world right now, God has a thousand ways to bring you out of it. You just don't know it right now. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness and his promise. All that we need in this life will be added through him. God's telling us that whatever we need to survive this earthly life will be given to us. And like the psalmist, we should accept his yoke instead of wallowing in our earthly sorrows. God's not saying that there's gonna be no struggles, you're gonna make it, everything's gonna be fine, all that. But through him, he will carry us through everything. So just to talk a little bit more about my testimony, um, you guys know that or some of you know that I was born in Sri Lanka during a time of civil war before we came to New York. And through our small groups, like I've learned that God's promise is generational. And when I have these moments in Portland or wherever I'm at, 
I'm remembering that God's carried my family through generations of civil war and carried me through suicide bombers, carried me through 9-11, not to age myself, but God's carried me through everything. And it's easy to look at the times we're in now and feel like he's forgotten about us, but God's carried all of you for generations and he's brought us here together to worship him. And it's really a testament to you guys to help me realize, that helped me realize this, because I was truly like an infant in Christianity before I came here. And through our small groups, through all of you, you guys have taught me about the love of God, and so I thank you. So, as we reflect on the beauty, I sure. Thank you. Getting too excited over here. I'm the planner. He's the one that wings it. <laughs> and I love him for it. <laughs> so um, we're a little out of order, and that's okay. I'm letting that go. Um, so I feel like he is acting the way the psalmist act, right? He's able to reflect on his past. He's able to put his hope in God. And I think in my journey, I'm not there yet. He doesn't know what I'm going to say today, um, and he doesn't know this, but I came to church for to march. I didn't really have a strong desire to come to church, but I knew that it was something that was important to him, and it was a way that we could grow together, and I feel like him bringing God back to me was the only way God was going to get me into church again. Um, I was really shocked, honestly, when he asked me if I believed in God, because I felt like I was kind of hiding away. I had made it like two or three years <laughs> without having to think about God in any meaningful way. Um, and I feel like since setting foot in rock, I've really been like launched back in without the opportunity to hide away. Um, you know, around every corner, God's reminding me that he's there. Um, and I feel like I just am not listening in like a true, genuine way like I should be. Um, and it's really hard <laughs> for me to come up here with him because I feel like I don't have the happy ending testimony that we all love to hear. Like, oh, I didn't know God, now I know God. Hooray, life is great. Um, but I feel like this past month of sermons, of small group, of like discussions between us, um, I feel like God's saying like, okay, Anne, enough. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, and I've been feeling a lot of conviction. Um, I felt conviction when God was saying my ways were leading to lostness when Tamarsh asked me to pray at meals or I get asked to pray at small group. I feel conviction when God says you can't trust what you try to control. When he says, while you've been feeling lost, I've still called you my daughter. I felt conviction when, through Elizabeth, God was telling me I need to hand things over that I don't want to hand over. 
felt conviction when I was asked to help at the Harvest Festival that I had no intention of going to. I felt <laughs> conviction when I told Tamarsh, hey, let's have this topic for a small group if you don't have one. And he said, nah, we're talking about Psalm 42. <laughs> I feel like God is not giving me the opportunity to hide. And I feel like slowly I'm coming back. I don't feel like I know God. I love God. I've been having a hard time trusting God. And I think that, you know, I'm so thankful for all of the messages because every single one of them I feel like has been for me. And, um, you know, to lighten things up a little bit, this psalm really reminded me of <laughs> running. And I will use any excuse to bring running into a life lesson. Um, <laughs> you will learn that about me if you don't know. <laughs> um, and I, I haven't been running. My small group knows this. Um, I haven't been running, which is, like, also a sign that I, like, have been trying to kind of shut God out. And I finally went running a couple days after small group. And, you know, if you're a runner, which I know there's like five of us here, if you're looking down, if you have bad posture, if you're looking at like where you are, essentially, it sucks. Can't breathe. You're like, oh my God, I have so far to go. This is horrible. But if you bring your posture upright, you look up, your lungs can inflate. You can look ahead and see where you're going, and it's easier. I'm not saying running doesn't suck sometimes. Sometimes you can have the best form and your running still sucks, but it's easier. And I feel like something just clicked for me on that run. I told him I stopped running halfway through to like write this down. I was like, I gotta get home, I gotta tell him this. And um, I feel like this is kind of what the Psalm is saying for me, you know? Over and over through the 11 verses, he's saying, oh, this really sucks, but I'm going to hope in God. Oh, this really sucks, I'm going to hope in God. And just that reminder for me that I need to just look up and things will be easier, not perfect, but easier, was really something that I needed to hear in my walk with God. Amen. Amen, amen. Hello? Hello, hello? Uh-oh. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I could be really loud. I'm a New Yorker. You guys already know. I can be really loud. But, um, so, I'm grabbing a mic. But, we told you it would be unconventional. <laughs> check, check. Hello, check, check. Do you want this? <laughs> so this is a lot like my life. And today's theme is what is us reflecting on what Jesus did for us. And this really made me think about each and every one of you, you know. Um, thank you for letting God work in your lives so that I could feel his warmth through you guys. And 
like, I wouldn't be here without you guys, you know? It, the first time I came here with Anne, someone told me, I can't wait to grow in Christ with you. And I've never had an older brother like that tell me, you know, anything like that. And it really made me want to stay here and grow in Christ with you guys. Um, you guys have brought food and drinks over to us when we're sick. You guys have helped me learn about the Bible. You guys have become the brothers and sisters I never had. And truly, as an only child, I'm grateful for each and every one of you. You know, um, And I can't wait to keep growing in Christ with you. So I'm reflecting on what Jesus has done in my life through all of you. So thank you, God, for everything. Right. <laughs> As we start to get, come get communion, let's change this head knowledge into our heart knowledge. If you're feeling downcast about anything, remember that you somehow have impacted me, whether it's a hug, whether it's teaching us how to make sundubu, whether it's anything that you guys have done, you guys are letting God work through you, and you might feel down at certain times about anything, but know that God's working through you guys because it's impacted us. So... If you guys want to come get ready to get communion, um, we can start that. But first, we're going to pray. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Um, Father God, thank you for this day today. Thank you for this opportunity because we are not worthy of being here. But thank you, God, for your sacrifice and what you've done for us. Thank you, God, for each and every soul in here, um, for everyone that has made it possible for us to praise you even more. Thank you, God, for everything that you continue to do in our lives, all the trials that will come. Thank you even for the heartbreak because we know that you're going to carry us through everything. Until, until we see you again, we'll continue praising you through it all. So in your word, we pray. Amen.